Welcome to In the World Podcast, the podcast of North Cincy Student Ministries here in Mason, Ohio. I'm your host, Eric Shrimpton, who you often hear the most if you tune in with us on a regular basis. We are here now with for one of our student ministry conversations for the month of February. We're here with Emily Lang. Emily, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. <laughs> Emily, I'd love for you to share with our audience just who is Emily Lang. Sure. So, as you said before, my name is Emily. Um, I am a wife to John and a mother to Addison. She will be three in March, which is crazy to think about. Um, and we are new homeowners. Um, we just got a dog, so life is very busy. Um, and I am also the worship coordinator here at the church. Um, I also am in school full-time. Um, I'm getting my degree in theology and biblical studies through Liberty University. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so again, life is very busy. And uh, I have been going here to North Cincinnati um, since I was about 10 years old. I'm 25 now. So um, I've been in this worship coordinator position for about four years. So it's been really interesting to see how um, just how that all has changed for me um, and how it's been really neat just to grow up in the church and be a part of that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, and it's cool that you're you're the church that you grew up in. You're now serving in. Mm -hmm. You know, you work for. So it's great to great to have you. And yeah, you're not busy at all, are you? No, I have so much free time. So much free time. You can join us for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no you're yeah. very very busy. Well, Emily, we had discussed before this podcast about what to talk about, and the two topics that we brought up were dating. Um, and worship, because you are the worship coordinator here at North Cincy. And we're going to save the conversation of worship for a later date. I think it's really important for us to, uh, for, to have you back eventually in the future to talk about why is worship important for students and their development and, and just their life in general. But I'd love for us to tackle today the topic of dating. Because like you mentioned, you and John dated in high school, you dated in college, and then you've been married now for four years. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love for you to share just a little bit about what was it like to date in high school? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's such an interesting topic because I know a lot of believers um, have certain uh, views on it, um, especially with uh, how it pertains to high schoolers. And I know um, a lot of people have their own experiences and differences in this topic. So. Just as, as a disclaimer, I'm not talking from a point of this is the only way this works. Um, all I can say is that this was my story. Um, this is how the Lord led me in this part of my life. And really, um, you know, just just that I don't, I don't have all the answers. Um, again, everybody is different. Um, so for me, um, I never, ever would have imagined I would date in high school. That was never something on my radar. Um, I never, I was a very realistic person where I thought I do not want to be um, in a relationship in high school. That was actually something I was against because um, I felt like it was a waste of time. It was a waste of my time. Um, <clears throat> and the odds, like for me it was, what are the odds of marrying your high school sweetheart? They're really low and you normally break up. So why go through that heartache when um, you just don't need to? Um, so really, <laughs> how then it all started with it being so opposite from that is 
Um, John and I actually have known each other um, really since seventh grade. We went to the same uh, homeschool co-op together, and so we were classmates, really. I saw him um, twice a week, and uh, we were classmates, and um, I was not even really friends with him. So I had friends within my class, but he was not one of my friends. Um, and so uh, later in about kind of our sophomore year, um, I started to slowly kind of become friends with him um, through his brother, actually, his younger brother. We hung out a little bit more in like study halls and stuff. So that automatically just, you know, brought John and I closer together. Um, and we really did start to form a friendship. Um, John felt like he didn't have, he, so he's one of four boys. So he never really felt like he had um, like a female influence in his life. Um, and so he saw me as, as that same friend. And I remember we had a conversation of, so we're just friends, you know, and, this, and he's like, I think this is great just to have you as a friend. Um, and then as we spent more time together just as friends, and, and it was always in group settings, it was never alone, it was at school, it was, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we realized we really liked each other for who we were even more than a friendship. And so for me, that really, I, I, felt, I felt that way, but it threw me off again because of, of where I was at with even being in a relationship in the first place. So I knew that by the way we should handle it is being as open as possible with our parents on it um, <clears throat> to just build trust um, between the parents uh, relationship and just being being open um, to allow for there to be no mistakes or no temptations or um, just really allowing people to step into our relationship that it wasn't our own it wasn't this secretive little thing like we're gonna go off and we're gonna date so really how it started out is um, we technically were not dating for the first six months. We called it, and a lot of people laugh at this, but an intentional friendship. And so um, our parents actually, you know, we told them, hey, we're interested in each other, but uh, we want to leave this, like, this open to you, this conversation open to you. And so um, they, they asked us um, if we would wait to, you know, have any type of physicality for six months, which sounds like a really long time, um, but you know, we were young and we were under our parents like roof and influence and um, they did you know as much as I was maybe annoyed by some of the rules or maybe thought they were unfair I look back and I go that is what protected us in the long run it did because then once we became adults and in our relationship could start making decisions for ourselves we had this foundation that we built on um, that we wanted to be godly and we wanted to pursue godliness together. And by inviting our parents into that, it really helped. So anyways, we uh, we listened to our parents, we formed a friendship through that first six months um, and it really was the best thing that we could have done. And that's why we have a friendship still is because we really started out as um, like two individuals who just mutually love spending time together. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of our high school experience. Um, obviously, like when we uh, went into college and everything, <clears throat> our parents were still involved somewhat just as, as more uh, guides rather than rule makers. And so then it became up to us to, you know, like I said, make those decisions for ourselves um, on, you know, what our relationship looked like. And our, our community changed like a lot 
changed for us in, in college. And it was really hard, actually. That transition was really tough. And then um, we dated for four years, um, got engaged at uh, 20 years old, which is really young, I know. Um, but we had been together a very long time, and we just knew um, that we were meant to be together and that the Lord wanted us together and then got married at um, 21 and then um, had Addison uh, got pregnant with her three months later. So <laughs> that's kind of our timeline. But I feel like, um, especially for this talk specifically, I'd love to just talk like high school. Like that is, yeah. Sure, sure. Important. Yeah, I, th- I think some of, the, some of the things that I'm hearing is you put an emphasis on friendship, mm-hmm. right? And that's, I think, so important. A lot of, I, I, heard, I heard this a long time ago. Um, I picked this up along the way in ministry, but I heard somebody say, you marry like you date. Mm-hmm. So a lot of ways, marriage, the way that you, the marriage couple relates to each other in marriage is how they related to each other in dating. Um, there's always room for change, and things do change. Circumstances change. People change. That's not what I'm saying. But to have some of the core foundations of your dating life will carry with you into your marriage life. And it sounds like friendship was one of those. But I'm also drawn to just how you didn't date in isolation, which I think is um, a lot of times how people date, whether they're teenagers or adults or whatever. Um, A lot of times people isolate themselves from friends, from groups, from parents, and they kind of become their own family, their own island. And I often see that that is where a lot of hurt can happen mm-hmm. and unhealth. And, mm-hmm. and it's encouraging, as I'm sure it was maybe difficult at times, to, to submit to your parents to date in the light and let your friends know what's going on. But, mm-hmm. but that's... that's um, well, and again, to... to to completely isolate yourself within a dating relationship is is very unhealthy and i think you know <clears throat> that type of thing has a place in marriage not that you because i don't even believe in marriage you completely isolate yourself as a couple you still have accountability with mm-hmm. people that are close to you and um of course there's things that are completely private between you as a married couple but when you're dating you're not married and i think a lot of people practice that marriage before they're even married and there's certain boundaries and um, and situations that truly are just not appropriate for the dating phase. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I think you're also touching on too, just uh, dating leads to marriage. Mm-hmm. So there's right. always an end, there's always a goal in mind. Yeah. And yeah, and I always say there's only two options. There's you're either gonna get married or you break up. Yeah. There's literally no in between, so. So when did, yeah. so let me ask you this, yeah. when did you have a sense, I guess we'll say, yeah. that John was a person that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. Was yeah. it in high school or was it later? So it was in high school, um, and it was actually pretty early on when I thought, this is somebody that exemplifies Christ's love to me. Um, and a specific example is um, I was going through, like literally right as we started to date, quote-unquote date, I went on this medicine called Accutane. I had really bad acne, um, like I still have scars from it, but I had like very, very bad cystic acne. And so I went on this medicine to, it, the goal is to bring it all out and then it like gets rid of it from there. So as we started dating, I literally got on this medication. I was losing hair, I lost weight. I was, I mean, I was like skinny and, um, and my face was just, bright red just I hated the way I looked 
I just did. And, um, and I remember people, and I know it didn't come from ill intent, but they would kind of scan my face because it's like, wow, that looks really odd. And it did, you know. Um, and John, when I was going through all of this, he never, and I would check, he never once scanned my face. And he truly, when the, in the times that I was down about myself, he made me see how much, like how important I was, looks or not. He saw me for who I was at my core. Mm -hmm. And to me, that would remind me of Christ's love mm -hmm. for me. Because that's how Christ saw me. It doesn't matter how I looked on the outside, what I was struggling with. Um, on the outside that there was unconditional love hmm. and that's what I felt from him very early on we were only 17 so that was a huge even if it was maybe we don't get married and maybe he's just a part of my story this is a huge part of my life and mm -hmm. him being in that eventually he became my husband and that yep. was the story but I thought if even if we didn't work out this was um God using somebody in my life to remind me of his love for me. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I'd love to transition and ask you a yeah. couple questions with our students in mind who yes. will be listening. So, um, yeah, there, there, are, well, there will be a variety of students who will listen to this, and their parents probably, mm -hmm. too, and others. I would love for you, I have two questions for you. The first one is, what would you share, what would, advice would you give to students who are currently in a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say my first piece of advice, um, and again, everybody's different. Everybody's story is different. So I'm not saying follow this list exactly and you'll be fine. This is just things that I um, either wish I would have known or things that I was really happy um, and, and thankful that I learned through the experience of dating in high school. Um, so the first would be kind of what we've reiterated on, which is, find an accountability person outside of your relationship. So that could be a parent, if you trust a parent and you guys have a good relationship. I know, again, not all parent situations are great. I have been very blessed with wonderful parents who at the age I was at, at that teenage stage, which I know is really hard, they listened to me. So I had a voice with them. Even if they had a certain view, they said, well, I wanna know what you think. Ultimately, they made the call. But I love that they took the time, they listened to me as an individual. So I was really blessed that my parents were that for me. But if you know, you're at a place where your parent is not that for you, um, then I would find a godly friend who's gonna point, continually point you to Christ, um, who you know, knows you, about your relationship, that it's not secretive, that I just think all of that festers um, just sin, you know? So I just think, having somebody in your life that will even just point out red flags because as much as you want to think, oh, I have a good, I got a good head on my shoulders. I'm looking at this relationship with, you know, I'm fine. All of this is fine. You really do have a pair of rose colored glasses on. Like as much as you want to say you don't, I look back at when, where I was then and I'm go I go, okay, yes, I did have a certain view on things because I wanted to see the best in John. And my parents were great because they said, if we see at any point there are red flags in this relationship, we will let you know. And we will let you know what they are. Now what's cool is they said, we don't see any. And that was a huge thing for me to say, 
okay, if they don't see any red flags in this person, in this individual, then this could definitely be somebody it could be with. But if you're already seeing red flags at the beginning, that's just not a good sign. And you need somebody to point those things out. So that would be my first advice is find an accountability person um, <clears throat> or parent. My second piece of advice is if you're early in on your relationship and you can do this now, I would say set boundaries now, whether that's emotional boundaries, whether that's physical boundaries. My thing is that, and what I tell a lot of people who are in a relationship is once you break down those walls, they are so much harder to build back up. They just are. So if you are able to set those boundaries now, that, even though it seems hard to follow, is so much easier than having to build that back up. And again, I'm really thankful that my parents were the ones that set those boundaries for me and John's parents were the ones that set those boundaries. Because um, again, I maybe wouldn't have set those boundaries and they really helped us in the long run. Um, or right up until when we were married. Um, so that that is huge. And if you feel like you've already broken down a wall, it's still not too late. Like try to rebuild that wall um, if you can. So set boundaries, resist temptation. My next piece of advice would just to look at your relationship and be realistic with it. So ask yourself, is this relationship just for fun? Or is it really something serious? Because if you don't see a legitimate future with this person, then you really shouldn't be spending your time with them. You could invest in so much other, like so many other things in your life and you don't wanna look back on your life with regret. Now I'm not saying that the first person you date is the person you marry. I don't think that's realistic at all um, because you can go into something with the best intentions, both people, and you know what, you're just not the right fit. But I think sometimes, especially in the high school age. I've heard this a lot when I was in a relationship is, well, I just want to date just for fun and just to just to experiment, just to try it out, just to date to date. And I just don't feel personally that that is valuable. I think uh, once you're an adult, you can kind of figure out what that looks like for you. But I think in high school, um, you're just not starting to figure out yourself. So it's not something that, you know, I think God places people in our lives and, and for me, John was placed in my life for a reason, clearly. Um, and I didn't think that would happen at a young age. So that can happen to people where you are placed, that person is placed in your life for a reason. Um, but if it's kind of just for fun or it's selfish, you're just doing it for like your own personal happiness, that to me is not as Christ-centered of a relationship and maybe would serve better as a friendship or no relationship at all. Um, my next bit of advice would be to just be respectful, um, specifically to your parents. Um, if your parents are setting rules for your relationship, I believe that it's best to follow them. Now again, I know practically speaking that can look really hard because you feel like you're at the age where I can start making my own, my own decisions. I don't need my parents to do this for me. I'm getting close to being an adult. I don't need this. But that's where the respect comes in. And I think about a lot of times, this is our relationship with God, where he allows us freedoms. He allows us to speak. Um, he, he knows us um, and he wants the best for us. But it's up to us to obey him and to obey his laws and his, um, his gospel and to follow him. So I think 
that's a similar situation. And again, I was very blessed with great parents um, who respected me as much as I respected them. Um, but even if, even if it's not mutual, like still as children, we're called to be respectful to our parents. Um, and so I think that um, just by obeying them and obeying their rules, you're building such a strong foundation of trust um, that will last a lifetime, you know? So I think that's really important. And then lastly, it's just to be prayerful, um, obviously, because God is the one who directs our paths. And, um, you know, everything that we do is surrendering to him. Um, and that includes our relationships. Again, it's not something that's secretive. It's not something that's our own, um, but it's something that God is in complete control of. And um, I just think being prayerful and in prayer, like God will convict you of things, whether or not this is the right relationship or not. So. Mm. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to ask you a similar question, but from a different angle. So there are many, and there will be many students who are listening who long to be in relationships, who long to have that special someone, or uh, you know, to long to have that boyfriend or that girlfriend. Just what would you tell that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A lot of things. No, <laughs> um, no I, I would say, um, even just off the cuff, to be known and to be loved does not have to be in a romantic relationship. Um, you can be known and loved by the one person who will always know and love you, which is Christ. Um, without sounding too bible or preacher ever, but it's just true. Um, that is where we find our worth. Um, and so if your desire is to look for a relationship to find worth, you will not find it there. You will not. Um, because that is not what satisfies us in the end. And it's very, very easy to get caught up in, you know, well, if they have this relationship and comparing to others that do and thinking they have to be so much happier and, you know, so much more fulfilled in their life than I am. Um, that's just not true. And you're going to only find that in your relationship with Christ. So um, my other bit of advice would be, you know, be patient, you know, because again, your worth is not found in another. Um, to be thankful, honestly, because being in a relationship is really tough, especially at that age, because if your relationship is Christ-centered, and I'm not saying that at every moment in John and I's relationship it was Christ-centered, like we were very selfish a lot of the time, but if the relationship is right, and I feel like this applies to marriage as well, you are constantly sacrificing yourself for that other person. And doing that at a young age is really hard. It's really difficult because really up to that point in your life, it has been all about you um, and, and what you want. And then all of a sudden you're inviting somebody into that um, that's really, really hard. So in a sense, be thankful that you are single and you have this independence and you can, you know, figure out who you are. And, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot less hurt and drama <laughs> that you are able to avoid if you're not in a relationship. Um, my next bit of advice would be to invest in your friendships. So, um, instead of take again, romantic relationships take up time. So if you take that time that you're not spending with one individual, you have so much more time to um, like evangelize or to invest in others' lives, to disciple, to um, be a light. And again, it doesn't mean you can't be that if you are in a relationship, I'm not saying, but it is 
it, you have so much more time and so much more freedom um, just to be able to um, to enjoy the friendships. And honestly, out of those friendships, you never know if one of those people, you know, is meant for you um, or because that's how I feel like it should start is with a friendship, is with get, getting to know somebody. So I wouldn't always have your eye out for a romantic relationship or somebody that you're infatuated with and that's who you're supposed to be with. I really feel like it should, it, it's, it's best um, sometimes if it starts out as a friendship. Obviously the attraction can be there, but, um, but just to get to know that person um, as an individual on that level. But um, I think you, again, you just have so much more time. You can invest in your friendships. And then be just figure out yourself before you figure out a life with someone else. Like middle school, high school is one of the hardest times of your life. Like I just feel for that age because there's so much that you're trying to figure out while also having so many pressures on you. So if you're seeking out something that isn't meant to be, that God hasn't placed in your life, then you just like it's it's not something that you should maybe be pursuing at this age i would say you know it's not saying figure yourself out but it is saying it is kind of okay to put yourself first in this time of your life because you have a lot going on and you may not need to add something else like this into your life and then the same advice that i would give to somebody who is in a relationship is obviously again be prayerful about it um where are your priorities um based on you know are you so uh, you know focused or obsessed with wanting a relationship so much that you're missing things um that you're missing other friendships or relationships or um that longing that we have for the lord like are you so laser focused on one thing that you're not seeing other things so again being prayerful and patient and um knowing that that next step in your life if that's where god leads you which is a relationship and a marriage and a family it continually gets harder and harder um and it's just such a unique time of your life to be able to um, serve the lord freely um, to invest in others freely and to not again not find your worth in one other person but to find your worth um, in jesus well, you said some really great things. I mean, I, I listened to, you, you reminded me of a, of a talk that I listened to from another podcast uh, from a ministry called Labrie Fellowship about how the fall disorders our longings, about how we were created in God's image where he is our greatest and deepest longing. And at the fall, we be, become curved in on ourselves and our own desires become our greatest longing. And because of that, it's disorder, which, disorder, which causes hurt, pain, etc., and even just to summarize what you said, what I heard you say uh, is just it's uh, if you want to have a healthy, healthy marriage one day, healthy dating relationships, healthy life, it's to have a reordering of your longings where you're worth your ultimate value. Your personhood is not found in success or a relationship or whatever, but it's found in who God is and what he has done for you, and what he says about you, which is advice for everyone at all stages. <laughs> life so but thank you for for saying that that was really really great well um, Emily thank you for for being with us on in the world the podcast of North Cincy Student Ministries um, 
We loved having you, and we look forward to hopefully having you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me.